have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight From The Chess Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I'm your host on this personal development, personal growth podcast. Listen, for those of you who are new to the show, I just want to take this time, and I want to welcome you. I want to thank you for being here. And if this is your 150th or 300th time tuning back in, I want to thank you for your constant support and loyalty. It means a lot to me. And listen, if this is a podcast you derive value from or you believe anybody else would value from, please don't hesitate to share it with them. Share it on your Facebook, your Instagram, your your Twitters. Link the podcast straight from the chest. Uh, tag myself at Justin Craig Groth. It would be very, very awesome, and I would be very much appreciative of that. So thank you in advance for doing that. Listen, as we always do on Saturdays, we have a special guest, dear friend of mine, Laura. Laura, what's up? Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So this is this is uh, off mic. We had a, a a really good conversation. And typically, I don't like. I told you this upstairs. I don't like to conversate too much before the podcast because it kind of shoots away dialogue that could be very valuable for the listener. But in your case, I've known you for so long, and we have so much to talk about that there's going to be no shortage of dialogue at all and so i wasn't scared we had good conversation we've actually been talking for the last hour upstairs yes um we're gonna do something different on the podcast today for you guys she has the first question for me so (laughs) take the take the floor laura what's my question all right justin so what do you want to come of these podcasts that you do every week because i know there's something way bigger than these podcasts in this room for you at some point. So where where is this going to take you? Where do you think this is going to land you? Maybe in a year, 10 years? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, I've talked about it pretty extensively on here, being that I don't know what I'm doing with these podcasts. I'm just doing them. And I know I like talking to people. And I know I like hearing about other people's stories and before I had people on here, I was doing podcasts on my own and I was just talking to myself, but this is, this is therapy for me. And it kind of started out as therapy and I just continue with it because I'm a man of consistency and it's always been what I've anything in my life that I've ever kind of valued where, whether it was bodybuilding or, even sports, when I didn't even care to play sports, my parents made me play for us. I kept going, but I'm a person of consistency. And so that's really been the only driving mechanism behind this to keep. And that's why I keep producing podcasts twice a week. And I have been for the last three years and it's never stopped and it won't stop unless my life takes a totally different turn. I'm not I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't expect something to happen from this podcast. I'd be lying to you if I said there's, there's going to be one podcast that might just fucking take a turn and go viral. Sure. That could happen based on one phrase someone says, or I say, or you say, or whatever, but I'm not necessarily just waiting on that, but I don't 
do anything else in my life that gets me out in the public except for podcasting. I'm not an Instagrammer. I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not a blogger. I'm not a none of those things, but I am a podcaster and I podcast consistently. And that's the one thing that I do that gets me out in the public eye for people that don't know me or don't are not affiliated with my voice. And so I feel like an obligation. I have to keep doing this because it's my only chance at getting out to people that do not know who I am or do not know what I'm capable of in terms of the vocals or in terms of what my mind, how my mind processes things or how I dissect things. Is anything going to come from that? Fuck. I don't know, but I'm not, this is something that gives me some purpose. So these podcasts, you know, believe it or not, they give me purpose in life and it's a small purpose that might lead to something bigger in life, but I won't know if I don't run this thing all the way through. And so until something else happens that takes the front seat, I'm going to keep doing this because it's just kind of in my blood to be consistent. Well, Um, you told me like four years ago, I think it was, I stopped in at your studio and you said something, Oh, we were talking about personal training and I was asking you if you had a lot of clients and you said that you were wanting to, you knew there were so many more people you wanted to reach. You were thinking that was the next step for you was being in front of a lot of people. I think that was before your podcast though. And then, and then it wasn't long after. Yeah, it was quick. I was there for like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and you said that you didn't see yourself stuck in a small studio only for the rest of your life that you knew that you needed to be in front of a lot of people and you're doing it. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like though. I don't but know. But this is what it looks like right now. Yeah, Right now. Right. Yeah. I used to think that I was, I mean, I still think a lot of things, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you think something, but because you're so immature in your thought process, it's not really aligned with realism, meaning it's not that it couldn't happen, but you start to evolve in a way that you, you kind of move away from that particular avenue you thought you were going to go down. And now that avenue looks completely different yes. and you're more excited now because this is the avenue that actually better serves you. It's a more mature, more serving avenue. Whereas when it was up to you in the beginning and you thought you knew what you wanted, right? It was, you're like, it doesn't mean that you couldn't serve there, but it wouldn't have been as, I guess, valuable to you in the end. Whereas, you know, I I thought I was going to, I thought I would be talking on stages and I'm not saying that that can't happen, but if that's where it takes me, that's where it takes me. Is that the end all be all? No, I want more than that, but I don't want more in terms of more people or more notoriety. I want more purpose and I want to be able to create more. I want to be able to do more, I guess, I guess do what God has inculcated me with, like what gifts he's infused in me, whatever those are, I want to be able to do more with those. And that's the reason why I told you that day at the studio that I, it's not that training doesn't serve me and you're right. Awesome trainer too. So you know this, like it does not the training doesn't serve you, but there's more to this thing. And especially when you get older, you're like, this can't be it. There's no fucking way. Mm -hmm. There's more to my existence. 
And I'm not a person that gets stuck in that rut. I get frustrated when I get in that rut because I know that there's light up ahead, Mm -hmm. but all I see around me are fucking dark walls. But I know that there's light up ahead. If I look up, I can see light. But if I look in front of me to the side, left or right, or if I turn around, all I see is dark walls. Right. So I I don't, I don't know where this is going to take me if it takes me anywhere, but I know that I wouldn't feel this way about podcasting or rather the, the, the entire orchestra of the podcast and scaling the podcast. I wouldn't feel this way about it if there weren't something to it. There's gotta be something to it, whether it leads me in a completely different path, but it was the impetus to get to that path sure. mm-hmm. or this comes, becomes something. Um, but it nonetheless, it's the thing that drives me in regards to, I guess where I'm going in life. Cause if I were just training and I didn't have this external thing that I was facilitating in. Oh fuck. Yeah. Uh, I just need fulfillment. Like you need fulfillment. We all need fulfillment, but we need to be creating something. And I think that's what I'm not going to just levy this on men because men need to create. That's a, that's a guarantee. We all have to create or not a guarantee. That's a, a given. Mm-hmm. We all have to create. But the thing about men is men don't feel adequate if they're not creating. They just don't. They feel worthless. How many men living in their mom's basement, playing video games, smoking weed, ordering Domino's pizza, feel like they're worth a shit? None of them. Right. Zero. But it's because in their DNA, they have to fucking create something. They have to do something of merit, of value. And I'm not saying women don't either. Uh, yeah, I would argue that women are the same. Yeah. And it's more, you find it more prevalent, or at least the way men deal with it, when they don't create themselves. They they fall into in depressive states that are almost indelible yes and that's debilitating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas yeah i mean but purpose is the keyword that you said earlier and that goes for men and women and if a woman no matter what her job is whether she's a career woman a stay-at-home housewife if she's not seeing that light or even have a light it is depressing what so, about you? What about me? Oh, there's so much. What do you want to know? I know. What do you want to know? I get depressed if I don't have a clear purpose every day. I don't want to get out of bed. Out of the women that you know, how many women are like you? Most. What's most? Most women that I talk to. If we get into a conversation whatever the issue is that they're dealing with, it comes back to that. It always does. Yeah. I mean, with, with anybody, Are these women have they have children or not. Um, not all of them, but I think that it's really easy to look like 
mean, obviously social media is the big thing that, you know, we see our highlight reel, everyone's highlight reel. And, um, it doesn't mean that what is shown is actually happening. So a lot of people have careers. They are showing that they are fulfilling their purpose, but they're not always and consistently, like you were saying, um, whether, I mean, I, I don't think you can blame anybody but yourself if you're not doing what you know that you're supposed to be doing or seeking what you're supposed to be doing. I thrive on doing more to just always know that I'm succeeding in moving forward and it changes. I mean, my life has changed drastically. I mean, I guess over the past 20 years, but like we were talking earlier, um, teaching, for example, like that is a gift that I have and I don't have a ton of gifts. I'm not amazing at everything at all. Um, but the things, the few things that I know that I'm good at, if I'm not utilizing those every day, whether it's with my own children or, um, teaching my students at school or my personal training clients, it is depressing. It's point. Life is pointless. If I'm not using the gifts that I am actually here for. And there are days that I don't feel like doing it, but you know, those are the days where once I do get out of my own head and get out of myself that they end up being the best day. The one thing that I've always admired about you is that you're very raw, uncut person. And what I mean by that is like, the way that you distribute your words to people, it's very raw, but that is authentic. And there are a lot of people that can put on a facade. There are a lot of people that can say the right things if they know how to speak well, or they know really psychology and they know how to pacify somebody and they know how to, you know, whatever. Some of that can be good for persuasion tactic, you know, for for persuasion Mm -hmm. techniques. But the thing that I liked about you right off the rip was the fact that you were just very cold and raw and not in a bad way. This is a very authentic Mm -hmm. and this is a very authentic thing that I think is only in line with people that know who they are because that tells me that you know who you are so much so that you don't have to play any kind of different card with me, even though we've not yet interacted. And this is our first time interacting Mm -hmm. and you can, you can gather who somebody is. If your understanding of, I guess, psychology to some aspect, but just more or less interfacing with people. And if you interface with a lot of people in your time, will you know when you're getting somebody's raw self or authentic self and, or a staged presence? Yes. You can tell, right? But That's the thing that I've always been, that I've always admired about you is that you don't have to do that because you've identified who you are and you just kind of give me who you are and right off the rip. And that's something that, again, more people, if they found who they were, like comedians, for example, have a hard problem or a hard time, hard problem, hard time when they go on stage being somebody that they're, that they're not Mm -hmm. because 
they're they've been focused maybe so much on let's say watching Dave Chappelle or watching these other comedians perform, they start to develop their characteristics right. <laughs> and it shows on, on stage and they're effectively just emulating somebody else that yes, they admire, but they're allowing that person to take the front seat instead of themselves. When what got them in a comedian or into the comedic role in the first place was the fact that they want to tell jokes, but it's like until they find their groove, of what it means to be the comedian. They'll never transfer Mm -hmm. in the way that they want to transfer to the audience. Whereas you found that and that's why you transfer so well. And I would say, I would argue that, look, you're not going to transfer well with everybody. Like I don't. Right. Because you're all kind of a black and a white. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you either love me or you hate me. It's not really anything in between. I don't think I've ever met anybody that's like, yeah, he's okay. Right. They always say, He's, I love, oh, I love Justin or Mm -hmm. fuck that guy. (laughs) It's one of the two. (laughs) And I think you're the same, but that is noble to have that type of, of of a characteristics tethered to who you are. That's a noble one because I'd rather be hot or cold than lukewarm. Absolutely. Well, you know how you have friends that they're going to tell you whatever you want to hear. If you, if somebody did something to you and you're telling them, Hey, so-and-so did this to me, they're like, they don't even question that you did anything wrong in the situation. And they're like, you know, they just have your back. And then you have your friend that is like, well, what'd you do? Well, you know, they tell you the hard truth. Like, well, you, you did this, like you need to shape up or like you were the problem here. And you, I mean, for me, like I get kind of pissed and, uh, you know, offended, but that's the person I go back to when I really need an honest answer. And I have a handful of people in my life like that, that I trust because they're usually not going to tell me the stuff that I want to hear, but that I really need to hear. So I feel like, you know, that's just the kind of person I am. And sometimes I probably offend people more than I know I am, but and I'm not trying to, but I just see truth and want to say it. And I try to be tactful, but I just value that honesty when I'm having a conversation with someone. And I think that like, even with my clients and I'm sure you can relate to this, that's what they want. I mean, that's, they don't want the BS that the world can give them or they can, they can sit around and convince themselves that, you know, they're fine. But then they talk to me and none of us are fine. We've got to work harder and be consistent with what we're doing. So, and I'm going to always tell them that. Yeah. You probably have more, you probably deliver in a better way than I do because, and I, and look, I guess it's, you have to be discerning with who you dispense with in what type of way you yes. do because it's yes. like you look I can be this type of a person but I know it's not going to be received from this person that I'm talking to right now right I have to water it down in such a way that they can receive it and I don't mind doing that some people will say well you shouldn't change your delivery and I get it when for purposes of like this like what I'm doing right now with the podcast mm-hmm. no zero water down I just dispense organically. But when it comes to somebody that's in my presence, you're going to have to calibrate 
accordingly. If you're a if you're a good human being, I would say that you would do so because you care about how the person's going to receive you. Right. But when it's easy, when it's over a DM or it's over non-facial interfacing, yeah. whether it's a phone or text or whatever, it's easy to talk shit. Yes. But it's much harder to do that in, in face mm-hmm. because we actually do care. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you actually do care, even though you may come across as like, I don't care. That's your attitude. Like, that's how I come across. But I, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, finish. The reality is I do care. And that's the reason why I don't like the confrontation, mm. although sometimes it's necessary. But to right. what degree is the is the confrontation going to rise? I can have a, uh, I can have a, um, I can have an impact on that. I can take, I can scale it up or I can scale it down depending on how I deliver the, the, the message. Right. Right. Well, I was just going to say, you have to know your audience and it's all about relationships, all everything, no matter yeah. what, whatever we're doing. And, um, if I don't have a relationship with a client or a student or my own children, they're not going to listen to me or think that I actually care. And at the end of the day, it really does come down to relationships because even our bodies, like say we get really fit and we're healthy, they don't last forever. And really at the end of the day, I mean, it's, we want to have the best quality of life while we're here, but why for those relationships Yeah. in our life so that we can live longer and feel good and get our rest. And, um, you know, I, I have a client whose mom passed away recently and she, she's been, uh, she's become a good friend of mine. And I would say that about most of my boot campers because we talk consistently and, or text. I know what's going on in their lives, what they do for a living, how their kids are, um, what they're going through. And if someone says, I'm not coming to class, I want to know why, because that's a big deal to me. And, but there's a way to go about it. So this client whose um, mother passed away recently, you know, what, if you told me I, I'm not coming to class, I'd be like, okay, Justin, what's going on? Cause you always come to class. She is always at class. She does not miss. And so same for you. Um, and if you said to me, well, I'm just tired today, I'm not feeling it. And I, I worked a lot at work, so I just don't feel like coming. I would really be all over your case about it. And, but when she's telling me my mom passed away, I can't move like physically. What I would say to her is going to be different than what I would say to you, obviously. Okay. You know what? Take your time. Yeah. I don't say that to people that just aren't showing up or aren't like we were saying earlier, playing ball and being accountable. But this situation, it's situation by situation. So if I were like, well, I can't believe that you're letting that get in the way. Like you have to just keep going anyways and come anyways and you'll get through it. No, that's not. She's done talking to me. Mm. She doesn't want to talk to me. That's another person that's trying to tell her things that are not actually going to help her get through it. It's her grief. It's her time. So, you know, she has to get through it. And then she came back. And now she did say, you know, thank you for staying on me. Thank you for checking in with me, but it's different. It has to be different. 
yeah. every person, but I'll always be honest, you know, but it doesn't always come off warm and cozy. That would not be, somebody called me sweet one time and I was like, that's, I don't think anyone's ever called me that before. <laughs> sweet isn't what I'm even aiming for <laughs> in life, but I was like, wow, what made them say that? Because it almost felt like. I well, what did I say that wasn't authentic like, then? Pa- like patronizing a little bit. Um, it came across that way to me because I'm not used to hearing that. I'm a nice person and I'm friendly and you know very social, but that word to me has the connotation of fake for me, and I'm not. <laughs> so I was kind of like, oh no, what did I do to come across like as a fake person? And mm. that's not what they meant. Yeah. They might just say that often about people. Maybe. But it was just just to say, like, that's not something I'm used to hearing. Yeah. So, yeah. I was like, okay. I'm a what, real sweetheart. I think what you're... Did, was it sweetheart or sweet? It was some, It was just, like, that type of... Oh. Yeah. Because they have different meanings, for sure. Yeah. Like, sweetheart is just, like, kind of like an endearing Yeah, term. where everyone else in my life, any... Whether I'm at home with my kids or I'm teaching high schoolers or a boot camp... My role is not sweet in any of those. Even like as a mom, I'm loving and cuddly and all that stuff with them. But they're like not like my mom is the sweetest. So and that's OK with me. They know I love them. That's funny. Um, <laughs> you're an empath. You're sort of an empath, at least when it comes to your to your clients. Yes. Yeah, I probably am. I've thought about that a lot, actually. Um, I know people that are empaths and I don't relate to them in some ways because I can let things go. Mm. Like I don't carry the world. Um, I don't carry your world on my shoulders. Like your day doesn't necessarily bring down my day. I will try to help you through yours and I feel for you and I might cry with you, but I think empath- I'm not crying in front of you, by the way. Okay. Well, <laughs> We'll see. I'm not, I'm not crying in front of any woman. <laughs> in general, though, um, I have cried with people because I felt that with them, um, that empathy. But um, I think empath might be a little strong of a word for me, but I do sympathize okay, well, yeah. with yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, true. Mm-hmm. You And that's how you scale your, your delivery, yes. you know, based on kind of the person. And that's, I think, what all trainers... If they're good at their job, because remember, you're a per, even though you teach boot camps and you're very group oriented, like you're still personal. You're very, very personal. 100%. 100%. And most trainers miss this part because yes. they think it's all about education. They think it's all about, well, I can, I can teach them how to squat, lunge, deadlift, press, row. But if you're not personable, then you've, or you're leaving so much on the table and that person probably won't want to show up to the next session. No. So how much can you really teach them at that point? More goes on not at boot camp. Right. Than at class. Right. Because we're like, oh, you only work X amount of hours a month. And I'm like, no, I would double that with the amount of times that I text and talk on the phone to clients. Most of it happens outside of class. I mean, I, my goal is to always know how everyone's doing. And I can't obviously text every single person, but I sit there and I think about, okay, who needs to hear from me today? Who have I not heard from? Um, 
and you know, on social media, you see what people are doing. And, um, I kind of go by that too. I can tell who needs to hear from me. Yeah. Um, but that is so important. I mean, without that, I don't, I, I wouldn't keep going to something that I don't really want to be at anyways, because I, you know, can think of easier things to do with my time at five thirty at night. Um, but I think that that's key for trainers is the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. But they're, they're missing that. Yes. I agree with that because I've worked in gyms where, I mean, trainer comes, works for two weeks and leaves and, you know, they don't know anybody's name. They never checked in with anybody there. Yeah. It's, I think there's maturity. Um, also there are a lot of young trainers that, you know, they get certified, they know the science behind it, but really when you're in, even let's say a one-on-one session, the people being trained don't care about biomechanics and all of that. They want you to ask them, how are you feeling? How was your son's this or that? How was your day? It's all about them. That hour is all about them, period. And if you're not, you know what? Someone told me once and it stuck with me. Um, not everybody who works out should be a trainer. And the reason is because some people just enjoy training themselves. Mm. Not everyone cares about other people's fitness. So just because somebody is on Instagram and they're fit, they do all the workouts, you know, make videos every day. They care about their fitness and their body and um, you know, they're reflecting that they live that life. That doesn't mean they care about anyone else's fitness. That doesn't make them a bad person. That doesn't make them selfish. It's just not their purpose mm-hmm. is to care about someone else's fitness. Unless you care about someone else's fitness, you should not be a trainer mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. And it's a lot of times these trainers get involved in training because they think they're going to train their, their friends or mm-hmm. their buddies, or it's going to be all bodybuilding, you right. know, oriented and that's zero percent of my people zero percent yes you know absolutely it's it's like you're training the 30 to 50 year old sedentary people that are or maybe they're coming off of a injury injury the last couple years or they haven't worked out for two or three years yes and they're trying to get back in it because they got a wedding coming up or whatever i mean it's like or you're got your grandma's and grandpas that yes, are training. They're the best. They're Though, amazing. Yeah, but that's going to be your clientele. But yeah. when you tell these 20 somewhat year olds that, they're like, oh. And it kind of like deflates them a little bit mm-hmm. because they think that their buddies are going to pay them top dollar to do a bodybuilding program when they're not, when they can just go on YouTube and do it themselves and sure. whatever. But it's like, they're good at that. They're good at the bodybuilding, three sets of 10, the whatever. And so they think that's what they're going to be doing with these clients and this is not the case and so they lose steam for it and i did that it's the same thing that happened to me which is the reason why i can empathize with it it's like i didn't know that i was going to be training middle-aged women right that was going to be my the bulk of my clientele you know and i i got out of it because i started going because i i got into training for the reasons that i should have gone into training mm-hmm. and that's because i thought i was going to train bodybuilders and I sure I, I I quickly realized that that was not my market and that would never be my market. So I I, re- I retracted really, and then I came back a couple years later when I was more centered about what it meant to be a trainer. Right. You know. 
1% of people that work out are bodybuilders. So, yeah, I mean, and that, you know, that's not a lot of people. 1%? It's, is it 1%? It's really low. Yeah. That was a few years ago. Shoot. That is crazy. 1%. Yeah, but think about it. I mean, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. It does. I've never, I've never actually thought about how many, like what percentage mm -hmm. of bodybuilders are the ones that work out. But yeah, it does make sense. I mean, even the people that train heavy at the gym, that doesn't like mean they're bodybuilders. There's like a few, like right. But that doesn't even make them a bodybuilder. Yeah. Not everyone wants to be on a stage. Right. Very few do. Right. And I guess you could compartmentalize. Well. They're training their body, so they're yes. a bodybuilder, but not in the respects that we understand right. the connotation of bodybuilding. Right. We understand it as, okay, bro split, upper and lower split, like, you know, you're eating yeah. your, your, your grams of protein per pound of body weight, you know, like this is what right. bodybuilding is and you're living that life consistently, you know, and maybe you have a goal of being on stage, maybe you have a goal of but whatever, but that's to, it's to develop a certain physique. Right. You know where you're right. It's like you go into any gym. How many people do you see actually serious about bodybuilding in the back with weights? You know, right. You're yeah. not going to find them on elliptical or the machines. No, they can be predominantly in the back with the barbells and the dumbbells. Um, I think it's just, I, I think it's just one of those things where you have to find what you're really good at or what you care about doing. Like mm -hmm. you have to find something that makes you excited. And I guess not everything you do in life is going to excite you, which right. is the reason why I do these things. And the reason why I have the business, because these things excite me to some degree, right? I would say that the, 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 the flame is, is slowly dimming, right? It's not like a, it's not a constant, you know, goal. Uh, it's not a constant rush of flame every day where I'm excited and ignited to do everything that I'm doing. No. But it's like, it's still there. And as, as long as it's still there, I'm going to keep doing it. But I do search for other things like you probably do too. We search for new things, not only to one, evolve who we are, but to create more and to do more and be more challenged. It's just kind of the cycle of life. Yes. And it just is always changing. What it looks like is always changing. Is it changing right now for you? Like, are you doing anything different right now than what you were doing two years ago, three years ago? Yes. Everything is different. Two, three years, three years ago, I was working as a manager and trainer at a big gym and I was working from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. I hardly saw my kids and I was Uber driving on top of that. So I would leave that job and then go do that to make the extra money. And, um, I loved working at the gym, but it, you know, being a single mom, I really hated being away from my kids so much. But when I was at work, I, I could, I love what I do. And so when I was working with clients, I was always happy at work in terms of knowing this is, I'm, I'm not at a job. I mean, I'm, it's not, not important, but like, I'm not at a job making copies for somebody or, um, you know, I don't know anything else 
that it wasn't what I was doing. I felt like I, this is tough, but I felt fulfilled because I was using my talents, I guess. And no matter how tired I was, it was still, I was in the right place. Um, and, but what that looked like changed because, well, when, um, we went through layoffs because of COVID, I had to make a decision. I was like, I, I need to do something financially, um, more stable, but I, you know, thankfully it fit with what I do and what I love doing, which is teaching. So, um, I renewed my teaching credential and started teaching again. And so that's what I'm doing with students. And, um, I teach English, which is totally opposite of personal training. I mean, it's not the same field, but, um, but they do overlap. I mean, this two days ago at school, uh, we did a lesson on fitness in terms of relationships and how you have to, um, like you go to the gym and work out like you drink your smoothies to, you know, feed your body and be healthy physically for relationships. You have to do the same thing. And communication is one way to exercise that and consistency. I mean, I, I feel like I'm in my zone when I'm teaching and when it's, especially when it's something that I have experienced that I understand that I have not only the head knowledge of like the science behind personal training, but, um, that I know how to execute in a way that people can connect with. Um, it's like queuing, you know, with personal training, some people are visual, some people you need to, you know, touch their back where they need to squeeze. Um, or you need to, you know, put your hand up to look up. You're, you're looking down when you're squatting, look up here. There are so many cues, you know, like with them, it's, it's the same with anything. So it's, so teaching is my passion. I love it. I love when people learn something new that changes their life. Otherwise I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's just at 42 years old, almost 42. Um, I'm so confident about that. And I wasn't in my twenties and probably not my thirties either. But when I went back into teaching, which it's been 18 years since I taught in a classroom, um, it didn't feel like it didn't feel scary to me. I knew I could do it because I've learned that I am good at it and and I love doing it. And I can see I can see the end that my students can't see and that my clients can't see. I see it for them. I just need them to trust me. And the steps I'm providing for them to get them there. There's a phrase that we always like to talk about and use in the fitness industry. And I hate it, but it's something that is applicable to everybody. And it's trust the process. Yes. I hate that phrase. (laughs) And I think I hate it because it gets not only widely used, but it gets thrown around as though it's almost like somebody's insurance policy, like trust the process. Like I'm just saying this because I know I need to, but in actuality, when you trust the process, you don't say that shit. You just do it. Right. You don't say it. Mm -hmm. It's just an action. 
And so you're performing or producing. You're not talking. And that's the problem. We always like to talk and trust the pr- and, and say that and say that phrase. I'm not putting a pejorative on anybody who says that phrase because I'm sure you've said it and I fucking love you. So it's not like it's anything against the person. It's the phrase in general. I hate the phrase. And, but that's effectively what you're doing in life. You're waking up every day. You're, you're getting your, yourself together when you don't, when you don't want to, like you don't want to, you don't want to go work. Maybe you don't want to do a boot camp, maybe that day, but it's like you do it because you know, this is just a part of the process, right? It's more about being a part than just trusting. Yes. You're a part of it. It's just who you are right now. It's just who you are right now, but it doesn't mean it's who you're going to be five years from now or who you're going to be even a year from now. Our lives can take a turn Mm -hmm. like that. Absolutely. And you can be somewhere completely different by this time next year. Mm -hmm. Like you could be married. You could, you know, your kids are going to love when I say this probably. (laughs) (laughs) You You could be possibly married by this time next year. I hope your kids would like me saying, maybe they wouldn't. I don't know. (laughs) They would love that probably, but, but anything, what I'm saying is anything can happen and it is just, (laughs) you're right. You're right. Living in the part of the process. If I stopped my process and what I do it on the daily, the daily grind, then I would be further from where I'm ultimately supposed to be. And I don't know what that looks like. I have ideas, like things I want to do, but I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know if that's really for me. What do you mean? Like, give me an example of what you think you want to do. I would love to buy a house and have a big backyard and have my classes at my own backyard. Yeah. And have a big double garage and have a studio and all of it. Um, yeah. So right now, just because I know some people don't know where I do my boot camps, I have a friend. Um, she has been, I've been her trainer for almost seven years. She has followed me to every gym. And when the gym was shut down, she was like, what are we going to do? And I was like, um, what's her name? Her name is Danielle. Danielle. Yeah. What? Merlo. Shout out to Danielle. Yes. Big shout out. This lady has changed many lives, including my own. Um, okay. Now you're gonna make me cry on your podcast. Are you going to cry with me? No. Okay. Um, well, because I know she does not, she, she should know and I want her to know, but she, um, she doesn't think she does much and she's amazing, but she opens up her home. So she was like, well, I don't know what should we do? I was like, I don't know. I mean, she's like, well, we could do classes at my house. And I was like, okay, invite, invite people. If people show up, if this many people show up, I will be there. I will be there. Um, and we've never had an issue with that. We've always had tons of people, which is great. Um, but it's in her backyard and, um, you know, she's just like made it a gym. Like she, I mean, I've purchased tons of equipment and she's always made a way for me to keep it there and it's not in the way she's, I mean, she's just so welcoming to everybody that comes. I mean, she's like the gym owner, like she's amazing. So, I mean, I couldn't do it without her, but, um, but she, um, 
I'm like, I could go off on many things right now. Do it. Many different directions. Pick Um, one. one. So she actually lost her son to overdose three years ago. And, um, you know, I see her as a friend, a client. Um, Her kids are a little older than me. She has two other children, too. Um, And she is, you know, talk about purpose. She doesn't really, she didn't not, and not knowing where your life is going to go, um, you know, in the blink of an eye, um, her life changed drastically and she never would have seen the impact that she is making now back then or before that happened. And I honestly don't know that she would have been in the place to host something like this or the mindset to, um, realize the opportunity she had to reach out to so many people by doing that. This keeps her, I feel like I'm safe to say this, this things like this and like her, um, she does a lot now in the community in terms of overdose awareness, but those things keep her going. Her purpose is very clear. Um, and if she's not doing those things to bring awareness to people and, you know, as much as I'm the trainer and I'm doing everything at my boot camps her opening up her home and you know she might have had a bad day but she puts a smile on her face and like not very many people are gonna let strangers in their backyard Mm. I mean it was during COVID number one and she's like everyone come you know and we were safe and we were outdoors but she just has a really big heart so all to say that you don't always know where things are gonna go but you know if you're again about relationships and thinking about other people and what are you good at? What, what is, why are you here? What are you supposed to be doing today? Um, there's really not much else to think about. Yeah. Some people don't know what they're good at. Some people just don't, they just, they don't know and they don't, they're too scared to try certain things. Even if you tell them they are, they don't see it and you want them to see it. What was the, what was the thing you talked about upstairs for a brief moment? about being scared that trainers coming on board Mm -hmm. when they first get signed signed certified they're scared or people that have maybe issues with their back or previous injuries they're not confident and that poses a threat and become scared to try Mm -hmm. the same movement that might have landed them in the hospital bed right but the point is if you're going <laughs> to look, if you're going to do anything that is going to be measurable, it's going to come by you being scared that it's yes. going to be in the forefront mm-hmm. before you even, before it even manifests in it. I'm sorry, not manifest materialize into anything. It's going to be scary, but you have to be willing to just be scared and do it anyway. And you understand the threat that's involved. But the threat that's involved is not nearly as large as the threat of not doing it and not seeing the potential extract itself as a result of you doing that said scared thing. Yes. It's important to do scared, scary things in life. It is. And knowing when to pull the trigger on the scary thing though, Mm -hmm. is what has most people still in this, still in the bed essentially. Right. And they're just because they don't know When do I do this or what do I do? I've always said that it's so simple. It's, it's, 
and I don't mean to say this like this is like you know uh, I've I've I I indoctrinated this one thing like or not indoctrinated I um I guess manufactured this one thing. I really believe that we all know what we're innately good at. Our our, our minds and our we gravitate towards certain things. What it's a matter of if you have the if you have the. I guess the confidence to step out in confidence, something that you're not right. really confident in yet, mm-hmm. but you have to try it. And you, and I don't even want to go down the path of saying you might fail, but failure is a good thing. I don't even want to say that because that's nowadays with Instagram, with memes, we understand that, 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 that point has been exhausted at nauseum. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that. It's clearly, you know, you're going to fail most of the time. Right. In fact, you only are your failures. You really are your failures. You're not your successes because the failures are what breeds successes. Yeah. But you can't succeed unless you don't fail. And so something that's scary, that's going to be everything that's foreign to you. You just have to pick the thing that's worth failing for, period. Mm -hmm. You have to do that. And once you do that, you realize that maybe that failure wasn't so bad after all because it's for something that you're willing to die for anyways. So I'll fail. Fuck it. I'm willing to die, if anything, right. for this thing that I believe in or this thing that I want to do in life. And you have to have that mentality. But you might not get to that point until you're 40. Mm-hmm. It might not happen. Some people it might happen earlier. I applaud you. But we as, we as people navigating through life, we don't know what's worth it and what's not worth it. But we know what we should do. It's a constant, silent beckoning. We always think, well, what about that? You might, and you might discard it and throw it away or suppress it, put it deep down. And then it emerges in a year later. Well, what about that again? Nah, I don't want to do that. But the, the common denominator is here is it keeps reemerging yes. and saying to you, do me, well, do me. <laughs> why do you get that a lot? Never. Okay. Um, <laughs> Oh man. Well, why do you think that when we see like a client at Walmart that we haven't seen, you probably don't go to Walmart. I went today. Did you? I, I hate Walmart. I did too. I, I hate did too. Walmart. I know it's the worst. I go to Target for that reason. Yep. Most, but I didn't want to take the drive and <clears throat> I only need a few things. So yeah. Like Walmart You're in and is. out real quick. So we're at Walmart, Rite Aid, wherever, and we run into that client we haven't seen for three years, three months. And first thing they always say, I know I need to get back. Oh, I hate that. I know I need to get back. Every time, it's, I, was, I almost want to just be like, stop. I know what you're going to say. But that's why. Because it's whether it's like church, same thing. Anything that is something that you feel makes you better and you're not doing it, we say, I need to get back. Right. And well, they I feel need disappointed. To do that. They feel disappointed themselves. So they're kind of addressing right. the, the elephant in the room before you have a chance to. Yes. But I think that genuinely, I mean, I will, you know, be watching something and I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to start doing that again. You know, it's something that's worked for me in the past. And it's because we know it. I mean, I have most of my clients, truth be told, um, I would say most of them Either when they come to a class for the first time, they have never worked out in a gym or at all, or it's been a long time, like a couple years. And they 
that's what has been keeping them because they're scared of failing. They're scared of what other people are going to think, looking silly, not sticking with it. That's like the worst. We don't want to do start something that we are scared we're not going to continue doing and finish. So I think that you're right. I think that fear of unfortunately failure because you don't want to talk about that is like the big thing with most people. Right. And if, if we're and talk- it's not till they get a scare from the doctor. Right. Yeah. And that could be even worse. Yeah. That's, that's far worse actually than any injury is you, is your doctor saying, look, you're in bad health. You're on the verge it's of diabetes. Fatal. Yeah. Yeah. This is fatal. And, but that has more to do with eating to, to, for some most well, people. Yes. But I'm just talking about fitness in yeah, general. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting, getting, taking care of yourself. Yeah. Taking care of yourself. It's easier to take care of other people. It is. It's way easier to focus on everybody else and then yourself. When they say that whole thing about being selfless and, you know, taking care of what that looks like is you taking care of a lot of everybody around you, but then, you know, foregoing mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's, I mean, even though that's a very uh, righteous thing to stand by, you being selfless, but it really isn't to some degree because you're, you're again, foregoing your own personal care mm-hmm. and doing the things that you need to be doing to be your, your, your best version. Right. And that comes at a cost. And so you might be selfless a hundred percent like mother Teresa and doing everything for everybody. They may even call you mother Teresa. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, they, you do everything for yeah. everybody and you forego yourself. And as a result, you can't do everything for everybody after a certain point because right, you you're move. decaying. Yes. Right. So right. you have to by by extension, you have to be on your own personal care mm-hmm. far more than you're about other people's personal care. Because if you're not, then you can't be for them right. as you want to be. And selfless. it's a small percentage of your day or your life, actually, that I mean, I still you know, if I'm taking care of my kids and I do my thing for the day, my workout, my meal prep, whatever, they don't even see half of that. Yeah. And they, but they have, they will tell you their mother is much happier when she comes home. I mean, mom that walks in the door from the gym or from a run is way happier and in a better mood. The mom that just came home from a long day and didn't get her workout in. I work, I mean, boot camp. I'm not working out. I'm helping everybody do it right. That's what I'm doing. I'm sweating at the end of it, but that's not my workout. If I don't dedicate my time to my workout, I'm not in the same um, mental state of confidence. Of I mean, I, I just feel like something was missing. Yeah. You know, if I ate off, ate like crap, I feel like I let myself down. Right. But well, what caused you like crap? Because you let yourself down yeah. probably with other things, right? right. And it's, it's just kind it's of snowballs. Effect. Yeah, right, for right. sure. I want to talk about Danielle real quick because she clearly is somebody very, very important to you and very instrumental in your life. And these last, for sure, these last couple of years, giving you yes. an outfit to facilitate out of. And, you know, there are going to be people that come in your life that really, really see who you are and what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And, to levels that you haven't even entertained. You said something about uh, myself, which we're not going to talk about because I don't want to make this about me, but upstairs 
about what I think I should should get into. Yeah. And I didn't tell you upstairs, but that meant a lot to me because that is something that I've always, I would have loved to do. I would love to do, but I just don't know how to do it. And I, I guess I don't, I feel like marketing myself in that way is sort of um, arrogant. I just see you doing it. I don't see the process to get there. I just see you doing it. Like I see what it looks like. Well, and the funny thing is too, is that I could see the same thing for you. And the reason why I say that is because you have a way about you with people that is rare. And even though there are going to be people that don't take well to you, that's everything you do in life. Mm-hmm. There are going to be people that don't take well to what you say or how you say it or how you look or how you do your hair or how you're uh, anything. Like mm-hmm. people, the same thing with me, people probably judge me right off the riff and they're like, I don't like the way that guy looks. I don't like what he says. I don't like how he talks. I don't like his build, whatever. That's, that's a, that's just the way humans mm-hmm. are. Okay. But more people are going to see through that and understand the value that you bring to the table and understand that what you do give is rare and more people need it. And more people would value from it. And the fact is, like if I were at your last job and I came to know who Laura is from just that one job, I would have wanted you to open up clubs for me. Like I wanted, would have wanted you to train all the training departments. You and I work together in developing mm-hmm. a better structure for the trainers. And then you go out and facilitate it. Because you would be the the person to do it and you could build those training teams and you furthermore, you understand the gym dynamic Mm -hmm. far better than most do. You could build a gym. You could be the one that totally outlines and, and coordinates the way everything is orchestrated. Yeah. And that's a rare thing when people, when you, but see the thing is that you have, though. You, well, the fact that you said that, <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Just off of what I said, you mm-hmm. don't look at it as work. You look at it as Mm-mm. fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. That's what the fitness industry. That's what any industry that is trying to leave a, a mark in their in their path needs is people that view it as fun mm-hmm. or people that view it as exciting and igniting and invigorating. And that's something that you have, and it's something that doesn't come often with people. And so. The fact that you have that, that's a rare quality, but that needs to be distributed. More people need what you have and more people could benefit off of what you could bring to the table. And it's not just the element of teaching. Mm -hmm. It's the element of interfacing because you have a quality about you that allows people to know that you're real, Mm -hmm. that you're real. And that's a, that's a, that's something that's very, I guess, shallow. In mo in 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 the in in, in a cha- shallow aspect in most people, they're not real. Yeah, they're just they're just mm-hmm. putting on. Yeah, and even though you you may put on for the initial introduction when you meet the person, but then you start hearing about their goals, then you start hearing about what their history is like, then you start piecing together their psychology, and you start to analyze and 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 sort of coalesce the reasons why they're there mm-hmm. or why they 
they actually this happened when they're telling you something different you can you can see through transparently into really the reason why it happened right or, you know just based on your understanding of humans yes and you're and you're 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 just anyways i could go on but i the point is you're a rare breed in that regard and that needs to be distributed more widely more people need to interface with you and need to see what you have and I believe that that's that teaching is just something that's right now, but that there's so much more that you could do. I don't know that you would want to take on that kind of responsibility, but I'm saying that you could be used in that regard in that. And I think that's what Danielle saw in you. She saw that value in you. She saw the kind of human that you really are and that because of that, she believed in you and she still does, which is the reason why she allows you to do that shit in her, in her backyard. Yeah. No, like, she is, she is very supportive. I mean, she is definitely, she's always got my back and she's always, you know, I don't know. I feel like she's like family to me now, but she is authentic in pointing out things about me that, are positive like you're saying right now like she she sometimes doesn't realize she's even doing it but I'll overhear her talking to like someone that's new at class and you know she's she'll say things like well Laura does this and she does this and don't worry this and that and I'm like yeah that is who what I'm about and it's like a reminder you know what I mean it's like very few people actually know can know you truly know you right and you mentioned family and I'm going to go out on a limb here and tell you that family oftentimes won't believe in you mm-hmm. family oftentimes will not believe oh, in the gifts sure. and the talents mm-hmm. even though they are the closest to you and they may see you in lights mm-hmm. that other people's don't because they're so because they're they're around you often and because they may be around you but they don't get to know you or they don't get to really see everything or pick you apart into what you actually right. are they don't know and they don't believe in you like People that are brought into your life purposely do. Mm-hmm. Like Danielle was brought across your path purposely, I believe. Yes, 100%. And it, and it was for reasons that were unbeknownst to you seven years ago, mm-hmm. but now are slowly emerging and materializing current day. Yes. And that if you didn't have Danielle, you wouldn't have this outfit and you wouldn't have been given the, the, the landscape, so to speak, to do what you love to do mm-hmm. and to further impact other people that are coming to boot camp. Like... You've, I've seen you along the way. You've kind of coined this term backyard boot camp, mm-hmm. And even though it, it seems like it's nothing, it's not nothing. It's something. Yeah. And it's something that could grow into something like a Barry's boot camp. I mean, it could grow into something like that. It's, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to be a gym back there. It's a backyard. We know. And when people right. come back there, it's private. It's, we're doing one thing and it's not the same people feel comfortable there in front of 20 25 other people than they do in a gym with three other people it's not a public place and there are no mirrors and it's just different it's, it's a community just, it's a community it is yeah. it's, and, and people know when people aren't there you know they're like where's so-and-so i need to message her she hasn't been here for two yeah, days you know that i mean they do all that too like it's not just me where are you you know why weren't you at class like they're on each other too. And that's just not something that, I mean, I've done group training for a long time and that's, we haven't always had that at the gyms I've worked at, um, that 
I guess family is really the word for it. Um, feel it, it, it's fun and it's hard, but it is its own thing. And it's good because it keeps people having some type of accountability because you know this as well as I know this. People don't really care about themselves when it comes down to it. You, which is the reason why they're hiring you in the first place. Yes. Because there's tons of free content online. Mm -hmm. It's easy to go pick up a program online that's free. Oh, yeah. And you could could watch demonstration videos on how to do certain Mm -hmm. exercises. But... By the way, for free, but it's like no one really does that because it's something they need, they need the accountability aspect. Yes. Well, it's funny because I have a lot of them that take a picture of the board every single class, the workout. And I've said to them, I've thought about, I'm like, it, like I come up with it. I create my programming, but they could go on Pinterest and I've told them that I'm like, you guys are so funny because like you use my workouts, but I love that you do that because you trust me and you trust what I'm doing here. But we know they could go on Pinterest. They could go on anywhere and get eight workouts to do, go through the list 10 times, but that's not what they do. They trust me and I get it. I've had trainers. I mean, I want to do what the person that has gotten to know me is asking me to do. And again, it's about the relationship, you know? Yeah, I think it's I think it's about the whatever I write, sure. whatever I say, they trust me because I they've let me into their life, which is a huge thing. You're not just I'm when when if you come into my class, I'm going to send you a list of questions. I want to know everything. I want to know what you do for a living. I want to know how motivated you are. I want to know how many times you poop a day. Like we need I need I to know all this. You're controlling Freak. I'm a control freak. Yeah. I control down to how, how much you poop. <laughs> but, you know, some people need that. So, but because it's not a, you know, a drive through. It's okay. If you, you came to my class, I'm planning on you coming back. But that's what people need. And that's what people, mm-hmm. I think, gravitate towards. And it's the reason why, unless I'm not ready, I don't start a new relationship with somebody. I don't take on new clients mm-hmm. because I know that I'm going to have to start a new relationship and then there's going to be a breakup. Right. Inevitably right. there's going right. to be a breakup right. and I don't necessarily want to do that right now. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm good with the, I'm good with the patrons that I have and I don't, and when it comes time to break up with them, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that that's going to happen, but I don't want to cause more breakups down the line. So mm-hmm. it's like people that are coming to your boot camp. They're realizing off right out of the gate, like, look, I, I can't come here one time unless I just was not cut out for this type of intensity. Right. And that may be some people. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, besides like, okay, I always say anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Um, I'm also not the trainer that says you can only do my boot camps. You can totally go do spin too. You can go do whatever it is. But I know that if you stick with me, not just even coming to classes, but this relationship, I know you're going to get results and you're going to feel better about yourself and feel like you know you have a a focus, whether it's for the day, whether it's for summer, whether it's for the cruise, whatever it is. Um, But it's consistency. 
you can do other things, but you, you know, we, we have to stick together. And you feel like that is something that keeps people coming back, right? Yes. And that's speaking from experience for myself, having had that accountability and, um, and the clients I work with, I mean, those that like we said earlier, play ball, get results. Yeah. And that was interesting. We were saying about playing ball when you said there are people that come to my boot camps and I act like, I can't remember exactly what you said, but there are sometimes where you, you just start <clears throat> chasing to, them. Yeah. You don't chase. That's what it was. Yeah. You don't chase them any longer and you'll just end up saying something that's sort of like not, you end up saying something like that lets them know that you let me down. Like you disappointed me. Yeah. Like I'm just surprised cause you were so motivated right. and I'm, I'm just surprised that, you know, you're not, you just decided not to come. That's a persuasion. That's not what that's you like were, per- what you're talking about. Right. Before. And that's like a persuasion technique like to they, some degree. They convince me why they need the boot camp before they even start. Usually like, yeah. you know, I get a lot of, um, People on Instagram, Facebook that message me, hey, I'm friends with so-and-so um, and I want to, how much is class, you know? And I say, oh, hey, Justin, it's nice to meet you. What are your fitness goals? And then, you know, well, I've totally let myself go. I've had five kids. I've done nothing for myself. Finally, my husband's letting me do this, whatever, you know. Um, I am just tired of it. I can't live this way anymore. Okay. So come to class on Monday, 530. That's all I say. I don't preach. I don't, I don't even ask another question. And then when they start coming and then they aren't sure, I'm like, okay, well you were ready because this, this, and this, and your doctor put you on medication that you wanted to come off of, you know, what happened with that? I mean, it's not, it's just, it's conversation. But they, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you, you need to come to my boot camp. I don't hunt anybody down. I don't hit anybody up. I don't ever contact someone and say, Hey, you should come to my boot camp mm. ever. I've never said that. Why do you think you've never marketed that way? Because I don't need to. I'm an, I'm a necessity. What we have is a necessity. So it's like food and water and, you know, like I need it. Walmart doesn't need Walmart. Why are we? I don't know. Why I keep bringing up Walmart. Um, Vons, Trader Joe's doesn't call me and say, "Hey, you need food. You guys got to eat. Are you no, gonna but come they in advertise. here?" Yeah, but that you know what I'm saying. Like directly though, I'm not getting Joe calling me and saying, "Hey, I saw that you look like you're gaining some weight or whatever." You know what I mean? You need to come work out like that's nobody wants I'm not going to say that to anybody I don't think that and it's just different it's not that I don't think that the this industry should have to do that when people see people working out um I'm not for everybody you're not for everybody period so the people that see the videos that I post um that hear what their friends are saying at work like, oh, you got to go. It's really hard, but I feel so much better. I want to do it. I don't even know what it is, but I want to do it. If somebody is feeling good and they're telling their friends, they want to do it. So that's when they contact me. Right. 
most so, of the time. And do you think if you had a shortage of people that you would market? Um, no, no, I wouldn't do anything different than what I'm doing because it wouldn't be true to what we're doing. You mean true to what, what you believe? Yeah. Like you I don't mean, believe in marketing essentially. I don't, when I worked for a franchise and you passed out flyers and you always did, I mean, essentially my posting videos is marketing. Yeah. I'm just showing you what we do. The reason why I'm asking and these inviting. things. And inviting. Right. And the reason why I'm asking these things is because it's going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Now, the the reason why I bring that up is, and by the way, I'm on board with you 150%. I do the same thing. But I feel awkward asking people. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that most people that probably feel the same way you and I do, it it's stemmed from a lack of it stemmed from a lack of confidence in their craft. Mm. So they don't ask because they also don't want to have any kind of expectation. They don't want to let anyone down they if don't they don't, want to don't deliver. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they feel like if they reach out to you, they're now expected to deliver a certain standard. And most people do not want to commit to a certain standard. They want whatever comes their way, they'll, they'll, they'll obviously cultivate and, and make better, but they will not, or I should say not cultivate, they'll, they'll, they'll nurture what comes to them and they'll, they'll, they'll definitely take it on, but they're not going to go out and, and lead with that mindset of, I need to gather more people because they don't want the expectation to be on them. Because then they have to deliver for sure. Right. And it's a lot of the reason why people devalue their craft and they set it at a mm-hmm. discount rate. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to uphold any expectation. And that's just effectively setting their standards low. Mm-hmm. And so you don't do it. I don't do it because we already have a constant stream of people calling and mm-hmm. or messaging to fill spots right. to the point where we don't have any slots to fill. And if there is a slot, you might, you do this a lot. I don't even do this because, but I don't do it for other reasons. I don't ask people to fill slots for other reasons, but I don't fill slots because I just don't want any more slots. So if I have a slot gone, fuck it, it's gone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, but in your boot camp situation, but I'm, I'm a one-on-one trainer. You're not, you're a group trainer. So, but if you have one slot, you put on a story. I got one slot to fill and then it's gone after that you know, whatever, right? Somebody might message you and that's, it's gone, right? Yeah. Well, I want, I need to know how many people are coming because my programming, if there are going to be 15 people, it's going to be different than if there are going to be 30 people and vice versa. Yeah. So, um, but yes, right. I mean, it's, I, I, people are always like, is there room? Is there room? And, you know, I don't often not have room because it's, large group training and I am creative and I can have a lot going on, but I know what you're saying. I'm not looking for, I'm not ever looking for more clients and I don't feel scared of a shortage because of humanity. Like I just, there are so many people and 
you have friends that have friends and when and like I said people just want to improve and feel better and I with with this program with backyard boot camp I've never um I've I've thought about oh changing a time because I've had people say like I took out my late class and that took out a lot of people that could only come at that time so I had to make a decision, you know, am I, I'm letting these people down because I'm not doing a class at that time anymore. Um, and so when I went to one class, I had to think, am I going to do 515 or 530? And, you know, in that case, they're, they get another decision to be made, but I, I don't want to turn, I'm, what I was trying to say is that, um, if I have a shortage of people, I just tweak details. It's not about people not wanting to lose weight or aren't interested in backyard boot camp. It's the time doesn't work or the day or something. So you, as, as with any business, you find what works for everybody um, for the majority. So it's successful. But um, no, I mean, I think that I are like my program attracts a different crowd than the gym too. So I think that makes a difference. The people that are there, what I say a lot is it has to be hard. I say that so much. And you only say that to people that hard is not what they are. They live for. I mean, you do fasting. You are consistent with working out. Like you, um, depend on hard to uh, stay focused and um, to feel alive. But a lot of people aren't there or they don't feel that way. That's not how they're wired. Maybe they will be one day, but they're not right now. So, you know, when you tell me it's, it's hard, I'm like, okay, let's do it. Cause I know something big is going to come out of it for me. And I know you're the same, but most people, I don't, think are necessarily that way so when they're on the ground doing something that really hurts and they're like I don't want to do that I, I can't finish this it's I'm not strong enough I tell them it has to be hard or you're not going to come back if it's easy why are you coming to me you're not going to feel different I want you to grow from this so it has to be hard so that's what's different and um and I love then when I start seeing people like grabbing heavier weights and like, they're like, I got to make this hard. Like that's, that's what's happening there that I don't think happens a lot at the gym because most people are, if they're at the gym, they're motivated to go do their own workout. But with what I do, my job in their life is to be that voice that tells them it has to be hard. Like you, you can do this. You've done this. You know, not everyone has that voice. And there are days I don't, I, I need to go take a class because <laughs> I don't have it in me. And I'm not, I mean, I'm the first to admit that. So you I said something that is, it's so simple, but it's so, it's so paramount. It stands out to me. You said you have to depend on the hard mm-hmm. and you know, I know you recently did 75 hard mm-hmm. that little, um, I shouldn't that say that little, little, that little 75 little. day. I would say this, I would say <laughs> it's little in comparison to a bodybuilder's prep. 
it's little because bodybuilders yeah. do the exact same shit, but they do that for like 90 days mm-hmm. and they don't, they don't talk about it on Instagram and they you know whatever. But I have some good friends that are doing 75 hard and have done 75 hard. And I look at 75 hard as something that is definitely hard for the mainstream, right. but I'm not a mainstream person and neither are you. And right. the reason why I say it is because you've also competed you know what it takes to do a competition to step on stage. It's far different from a 75 hard. The only thing that's probably added is like reading 10 pages a day. Everything else <laughs> is pretty much the same. Right. Apart from the length. The length is longer typically with a bodybuilding prep. I'm not, this is not to put a disparaging title on 75 hard, but it is something that more people should do. Because more people need to do, like you're saying, hard things. Right. And they need to see what they're made of. And sometimes you end up quitting halfway through. Sometimes you end up quitting mm-hmm. 73 days in. And you're mm-hmm. like, I can't just the last two days. I can't. Mm-hmm. But you need to exercise these hard challenges because they identify weak traits in you that mm-hmm. you need to make stronger. Right. And that's essentially what you're doing with these clients. It's not just clients. I'm going to call them people because this is what they are. You're essentially doing this with these people Mm -hmm. and that's why you're so invaluable. And that's why what you have needs to be widely distributed. Will it ever become that? I don't know. Right. But the point is you have that. And most people don't have, regardless if they're trainers, like teachers, people in life in general don't have that. They don't have that capability and that's something that again should be should be talked about should be promoted should be in the hands of more people because they could benefit from you and that's probably the talent that you harbor that's above any other talent in your life you know the fact that you're a good mom has yes has a lot to do with that but it's not the end it's not like well I'm just a mom I'm just a good mom you're not just a good one. You're a good mom, teacher, educator, etc. Those things matter and those things can be used by so many people and you can actually benefit so many people by just that talent. That's a major talent. And I would like to see you do more of that. And it's not just like whether that means backyard boot camp becomes an incorporation, <laughs> incorporated, you know, and you guys become like a trademark. When I say you guys, I mean like you and Danielle, right? Or, or I don't know how that's going to work out, but that's going to be a partnership or not. But I'm just saying in general, like I'd like to see you be used in more ways than just where you're at now. Because I think right where you're at now is like the ground level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, agree with you and honestly the difference between what I do and what we see not working and why people quit is the accountability and that's I mean like you were saying a mom teacher trainer it's accountability is the thing it's the bottom line if if there's going to be change in me in my children if my if my child is supposed to do something, put laundry away, 
if I don't follow up and say, did you put the laundry away? There's no accountability. They don't have to. And they know they don't have to because I'm not going to ask. If they know I'm going to ask, they're going to do it. And maybe I have to ask twice, but they're going to do it. It's in their head. And that's same with my students. If you're not on time, you have lunch detention. If I was like, you know what? You don't have to come. Then they're going to be late every day. And same with, with my people at boot camp. It's the same thing. If they're not coming, they expect to hear from me. And if I don't, why would it, why would they come back? They can get away with not coming to the thing they don't want to do anyway. If I'm not holding them to it yeah. and reminding them of why they told me they need to do it. Accountability is the thing. At least that's, I mean, that's just what what's, I what's believe. More? Accountability or doing hard shit? <clears throat> accountability to do it. It's good. It's all hard. It can be, especially if you hate doing it. Yeah. It's even harder. Absolutely. But that's why people need trainers to, for the guidance, for the, for the active support of, and, and encouragement of doing harder things. Right. I love that. Depend on the hard. When I, I was that. working at a gym, when it was busy new year's season, I was, it was easy for me to work through my breaks. And even when I was working out, people are talking to me, you know, members of the gym or whatever. Um, and I would have my trainers train me like I book session with them so that I was still getting my workout. So I needed accountability. I needed a trainer. Yeah, trainers need trainers. They do, at especially at certain points when they know that it's not going to happen. It's going to be hard for it to happen. I could, I could never be trained by somebody because I would be, I'm too much of a control freak, and I would be like, no, dude, I can't do that and didn't do this. I have to do this this way. <laughs> this is what. <laughs> but that's just me. I can't even picture that. I can't. I, I have to like <laughs> be in because I. It's hard for me to even take a program from somebody else. Like to, to, if I'm like, like if I'm just so tired of doing my own program, it's not because you know better than them though. No, no. It's that I just, I know that my body in, I guess my psychology too, like I need to do certain things. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, you, you can't leave out rear delts. We have, I can't just do like the pressing and oh. the, I have to do that. Dude. Yeah. I have to do it. I have to do external rotations. I have to do it. Sorry, bro. So it's like, you won't tell me to do that. And I can't leave. I can't do a training session of just chest. I can't, I can't leave that gym without doing rows or some type of external rotation or rear delt pull mm -hmm. after doing a full press day. No, can't do it. I feel like I'm just like rounded. Would you shit. not sleep at night? What do you mean? Would you like lose sleep over it? Oh, I would do something in my house. Okay. I have I bands figured. here. I would do something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> have to get it done. You saw my I quirks did. upstairs. I did. Like I it, did. No, I believe everything you just said. Goes so much. Goes so far beyond that. But, um, <laughs> and I, by the way, I don't like that I'm like that, but I don't know how else to be. I just, I don't, I, I, I have to be that way. At least right now in my life, especially what I told you upstairs, I can control it. So because I can control it, I allow it to keep, you know, materializing. So it would be hard for you to not do those things. Oh, a hundred percent. So you need to depend on that. Depend on what? 
on that hard stuff. What hard stuff? Like maybe you need to challenge yourself not to do it. Oh, I have. And that'd be really I do hard. It all the no, time. like maybe I have some ideas. We'll talk about them off mic. Yeah. Laura, I know you got to get to where you're going with your kids right now. I'm taking all your time. But anyways, I just Thank you. I love being here. I want to thank you for this. I want to thank you for for doing the podcast and I want to I just I I but told Justin, you the conversation you realize that you saw things in me like I'm saying I see in other people that they don't see. You did when you did not know me at all. How many years ago? Long time ago. Well, it still reigns true today. I see I see even more today. But I mean, I was yeah. I mean, you, we knew each other before I was a trainer even. Yeah. You were talking to me about training. Yeah. About what, it, what it would look like to do your own thing. Outside yeah. You showed me all of your equipment in your truck. That was when I was a mobile trainer. Yep. But I still, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hold to that statement. I really just think that more people need to understand what you have to offer and they need to experience what you have to offer because it's something that, like I said, is invaluable and most people don't have that character trait. And although I would say that it's, it's not, it's a, it's definitely a hot or cold one. It's mm-hmm. not going to be received in a warm fashion. It's the thing that separates you from the rest. And for that, I'm honored to be your friend. I'm honored to be affiliated with you in specifically training, but not just training, just as a human. And again, thank you. I feel the same way. Thank you for being here. Thank you and for look, having me. For anybody that doesn't know Laura, how do they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Laura Pavlich Fitness. That's my fitness account where I just post my boot campers doing their thing and schedules and on Facebook and it's the same as Laura Pavlich Fitness. Beautiful. So yeah, reach out if you have questions. Beautiful. All right, guys, we're done. <laughs>